However, if pushed to the wall, you can lie if necessary to preserve peace. The Gemara gives an example of a man who asks, Here's my fiancé. She's beautiful, right? And even if you think she's so ugly, if she was the only woman on earth, you would have married the snake. Don't say it. In the words of the Gemara, you tell him a beautiful and graceful bride because, in his eyes, she is beautiful if he chose to marry her. Likewise, if your friend asks, isn't my new baby cute? It's not a mitzvah to say, no, the baby is so ugly when she was born, the doctor probably slapped her mother. Also, if a question is extremely embarrassing or intrusive, then for privacy, one may, if necessary, lie. If necessary, lie. Don't put someone in a position where they would have to lie. Don't ask them very private questions. For example, never ask a lady if she is pregnant. Next. Either you could be wrong or you could be right. Next, we'll look at the prohibition on gossip, known as Lashon Hara, and tail-bearing, which is called Rechilut. Rabbi Yisrael Meir Kagan, known as the Chafetz Chaim, was a 20th century Torah scholar who wrote extensively on these prohibitions. He enumerates up to 31 prohibitions, which may be transgressed by speaking Lashon Hara, or Rechilut. Basically, Lashon Hara involves speaking, writing, or any other method of communicating something negative or harmful about a person or a group of people, even if it is true. If the slander is false, it is known as Motsi Shemra, and it's even worse. Rechilut is relating to one person that someone else said something negative or harmful about them. These two forms of speech harm the speaker, the listener, and the one who is spoken about. It is, however, permitted to speak negatively for a constructive purpose. For example, to prevent a person from entering into a harmful relationship, a dangerous business partnership, etc. In such a case, one must be careful not to exaggerate, not to be motivated by personal animosity. These laws are complex and I suggest becoming familiar with them in the many English works available on this subject. Within the prohibition of Lashon Hara is a special mitzvah not to speak negatively about the land of Israel, as the spies did in the Book of Numbers. My main focus today will be on the next two categories of Jewish speech, the prohibition of onat dvarim, hurting with words, and the positive requirements of Lashon Naki clean and pure speech. The Torah in Leviticus prohibits all forms of causing pain with words. The Gemara in Baba Metziah and Code of Jewish Law gives many specific examples. If a person has erred in the past and repents, one should not remind him of his past mistakes. Hey, I remember what you did. Don't remind someone of their family's misdeeds because we can't choose our parents or our children. It is prohibited to cause unneeded pain even to children, like saying, if you don't stop whatever it is you're doing, I'm giving you up for adoption or whatever it is that you really don't intend to do. 
The Chazan Ish, another 20th century Torah giant from Bnei Brak, said, even if you only cause pain for a second, it is still forbidden. This includes a lot of forms of practical jokes. The Pele Yoetz adds that causing pain with words is even worse than cheating a person financially. Even worse. A husband should be especially careful not to cause his wife pain, says the Gemara, because women cry more easily than men. The Medrash says that Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi made a feast and served a variety of cooked tongues. When the guests selected the most tender tongues, he used this as a teachable moment to show his students they too should always choose the softest words and leave over those that are harsh. Causing someone public embarrassment is such a severe sin that the Gemara in Ksubas says a person should rather throw themselves into a fiery furnace than put another person to shame. In general, the laws of Onus Devarim are subjective, which is to say, if the person that you are talking to would be distressed or disturbed by a certain statement, even if other people wouldn't mind it, it's Onus Devarim. Nevertheless, the halacha gives a number of specific examples which are common. One is calling someone by a negative name or a nickname that they don't like. Shorty, hey fatso, that kind of thing. No. Another example is don't disparage an item that somebody bought if it's unreturnable. One more common error. It is forbidden to enter a store and give the impression one wishes to buy something if one really has no intention of buying anything. If a person asks a salesperson their advice, all the while knowing that they will take the advice and expertise, and then go home to order it on the internet where it's cheaper, if one does that, they have transgressed onus devarim. If one doesn't plan on buying something, one can simply tell the salesperson outright, I'm just browsing. A last point. If somebody insults you, and you insult him back, the Sefer HaChinuch says you have not violated a mitzvah. We are not like other religions who suggest one must always turn the other cheek. Nevertheless, even in self-defense, one must still speak to the other in a dignified manner and not lower oneself to curses or vulgar language. There is a story about a Torah scholar who received from an anti-Semite a picture of a dog in the mail. The scholar sent back a picture of himself with a note saying, you sent me your photograph, now I'm sending you one of mine. <laughs> Over in Britain, this is a true story, a female member of parliament once said to her peer, Sir, if you were my husband, I would poison your tea. To which he replied, Madam, if you were my wife, I would drink it. <laughs> true story. <laughs> With this all in mind, the Gemara heaps amazing praises on a person who does have the self-control to not respond to an insult. And it is considered to be a propitious time to pray for others. If you can be insulted and not answer back, if you have that self-control. But most people don't have that self-control. Now, the last component of, of Jewish speech, which I want to discuss today, is Lashon Naki the elusive and sensitive qualities that make up clean or pure speech. 
The first aspect of this is that one's tone should be gentle. The book of Ecclesiastes tells us, Divrei chachamim benachat nishmaim. The words of the wise man are heard softly. The Igeris Haramban, the famous letter of Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman, detailing proper behavior, begins with the following passage. A person should accustom themselves to say all their words gently to all people at all times. And that means even a difficult subject to a difficult person at a difficult time. Mishle, the book of Proverbs, adds an interesting insight. Ma'nerach meshiv chema. A gentle response turns away anger. Many times when another party is yelling or angry, by responding calmly, if necessary, repeating calming words, one can deflect the tension and turn their monologue into a productive dialogue. Pirke Avos, The Ethics of Our Fathers, has one more piece of advice on this subject. Which means, be submissive to those above you because they expect it and be gentle to those beneath you because they need it. The next aspect of Lashon Naki is to always prefer less offensive words. When the Torah describes the non-kosher animals in Noah's Ark in Genesis, it uses the term Enena Tahora, not pure, rather than Tmeim, impure. This despite the fact that the Torah weighs each word carefully and does not use extra words unnecessarily, but here it uses an extra word. Rabbi Pesach Falk comments that one should not think that Lashon Naki is only for a person on a high level, an ideal fit only for a very moral individual in an elevated society. Precisely to counter such a misunderstanding, the Torah teaches us Lashon Naki specifically in the time of Noah, whose society was corrupt, even in such a milieu, precisely in such a culture. It is one of the most important things to strengthen because negative language affects a person's outlook and behavior. With a little foresight, one can say the same thing without using derogatory speech. Instead of saying to a child, shut up, or you're eating like a pig, you could say, quiet please, or I expect better from you. Next time you eat mashed potatoes with ketchup, please use a fork. The Chazan Ish, Rabbi Avram Ishaya Karelitz, was a rabbi in Bnei Brak in the 20th century. When a litigant once fumed, the other person is lying, he responded, you mean he is not telling the truth. A third aspect of Lashon Naki is to avoid any form of foul or explicit language. Rabbeinu Yona writes in his Sefer Hayira that a person must be extremely, extremely careful, Yizaher Me'od, me'od, not to let out of his mouth any unclean or impure expression, even in jest. This includes not only a lot of off-color jokes, but even true facts that are obvious. The Gemara says, everyone knows why the bride and groom are getting married, but whoever mentions it directly is destined for Gehinom, which means hell. The Gemara in Shabbos 33 even states that as a result of nivol peh, impure speech, troubles increase, harsh decrees are made, young people die, widows and orphans cry for help and are not answered. 
There is almost no other sin for which our sages prescribe such a bitter set of punishments. This shows us how damaging this sin is to our souls. A final aspect of Lashon Naki that we will discuss today is keeping secrets. This is also counted as an aspect of modesty. One needn't reveal other people's secrets or even one's own secrets and private aspects. We learn this from Esther, who did not reveal even her own secret, her identity, at the behest of Mordechai. A person who does this, or a child who is raised this way, will not become closely or closed or overly secretive. The same Esther, who did not reveal her origin, was the same one who disclosed to Ahasuerus the plot of Big Sun and Teresh, and thus brought about the salvation. A person can speak freely when appropriate, but when necessary, should be a master of self-control in speech. The verse in Psalms says, Charm pours from your lips, therefore Hashem blesses you forever. It costs nothing to be on God's mailing list of blessings. We just need to use our mouths correctly. May God bless all of us, and thank you for listening.